guys. Welcome to episode 196 of the Ryan is Super Strong podcast. This week, featuring my dear friend, zooming in from New York City, the wonderful, super talent, Bobby Lee Crow III. <laughs> Bobby's awesome. You're going to hear all about him. He's a you know composer, multi-instrumentalist, arranger, all kinds of cool shit. So I'm excited to show you this interview. However, uh, before we start, I do want to just mention that uh, I apologize for the lateness of this episode. I know that several of you guys that are subscribed to this, you know, it's part of your Tuesday morning ritual or part of your Tuesday workout. I know that because uh, not only have I heard that from some of you, but also um, that's how I am. You know, with my favorite podcast that I like to listen to. Um, I get excited for them. I get, you know, I'm pumped up to hear them. And then when they don't come out for some reason or something, I'm bummed. So I just want to apologize that it's a little bit late. Um, hopefully you can make up for it on Wednesday or something. Because <laughs> it's just coming out late. And the reason for that is that I had a nightmare of technical difficulties this time. Um, I had, and uh, basically, you know, I've been doing this on Zoom on my fiance Lori's account. Uh, because she is uh, getting her master's, and so she has like an unlimited lim- minutes uh, situation going on on her on her um, Zoom profile. But I've been using it, and whenever I'd finish an interview, like I would wait for it to process, and then I would download it. And for whatever reason, I got distracted or something after Bobby's interview, and I didn't. Uh, I forgot to come back to it until like the next day or a couple days later. I can't remember. And for some reason, um, the admin on the school account took away the ability to download. Uh, Zoom thing. So this is very boring, but basically I've been back and forth trying to figure it out, can't do anything. So what I ended up having to do was just record my uh, monitor here, uh, recording that playback. But the cool thing about this is that Bobby is a professional man. He was capturing his own voice uh, for this and and, and sent sent it to me so it would be very clear. And I had not been making any of the past Zoom interviews do that because it's just so, it's more work and a lot of people don't have the right gear or don't know how to do that. So rather than do all that, I was just like, just crack a beer and I'll just record the Zoom thing, you know. Uh, so I was kind of doing the same thing, but Bobby saved us. So what's going to happen is this is kind of a wacky episode because you're going to hear me sounding like I'm underwater in a way. You'll, it's clear, but it's just a little. It's just not as crystal clear, especially as studio or definitely as, as the Zoom interviews have been. But the cool thing is we have. Bobby's actual very clean um, mic- microphone feed from his studio. So, you know, the guy that's important on this episode is Bobby. And you're going to get to hear everything he says very clear. And then you'll just hear me kind of, you know, just in a little bit, just less higher, less high quality. But anyway, this is a long explanation for something very boring. But that should, you know, just the thing that you should get stoked about is that Bobby's coming through crystal clean. <laughs> crystal clear so get hyped for that uh i'm really excited for you guys to meet bobby i apologize for the technical difficulties um coronavirus is not fun and neither is recording um you know this podcast in the ways that are weird and i'm not the best tech guy you guys know that i'm a dumb dumb <laughs> anyways so uh, let's get to the freaking show all right i want you to get your puppy nearby so you can give him or her a scratch or maybe your kitten's jumping on your back ascending the mountain that is their loved one maybe you are out for a jog maybe you're out for a walk a nice walk i've been taking three hour walks every day i'm not joking Twenty thousand steps I'm, I'm being for real it's crazy um i like it a lot um i do a lot of podcast listening during that time <sighs> get a nice beverage whatever beverage you need in this episode um it was different times of day i had woken up late and i was drinking coffee i believe and bobby was drinking a double beer so you know you know, I, I want you to do either of those things. Get your coffee if that's the vibe. Or pour yourself two beers in a big old cup, okay? That's what we need. 
I love a double beer. You know that. Anyways, get your beverage close, whether it's hot or cold or morning or night. Get something that makes you feel good, makes you feel right. Get comfortable. Sit back. Relax. And enjoy the freaking... Welcome to the Ryan of Super Strong Podcast. This is Ryan Knutson, and I am, you guessed it, super strong. <laughs> Today's strength level is anime. Now, anime is something that's been around for ages and ages. It's a very powerful art form. It's been around for a long time. People all around the world love it. And the reason anime is the strength level for today is because the guest that I have on today is a very special man. And without anime, I may have never met this man. He's a composer, multi-instrumentalist, all-around badass, based up in New York City, coming to us from New York right now via Zoom during the coronavirus. This is the wonderful Bobby Lee Crow III. <laughs> well, Ryan, that was quite the intro. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> of course. How's it going, man? I've never been uh, introduced with such vigor and uh, praise like that, so I really appreciate it. Of course. Well, it's awesome to have you. And, you know, when I asked you to do this, you said you you said you've been waiting for me to ask you. And, and I was and, and I felt that this is what, what's, what's cool about the coronavirus right now. If there's anything, <laughs> you can't really say that. <laughs> if there's anything cool to pull from it, uh, is that you know, you've been on my list of people I'd love to have on the show for years, ever since we worked together for the first time. And uh, I just figured at some point you'd be in L.A. or I'd be in New York and we'd be able to do yeah. a, an episode together. Um, but it just hasn't happened, and now this is happening, and I decided to start the, you know, the Corona Files via Zoom, and uh, and and so when uh, you hit me up about some recording, and I was like, oh, this is perfect. I'll get Bobby on. So yeah, I, I definitely feel that. honored because you have way too many episodes, and I was like, I should have been the first one. Excuse you, because I've, I feel like I've seen you the most out of anybody you've talked to. I would assume, but but you know, whatever. I'm glad that I'm episode number something special right like 125 or yeah 190 something one <laughs> you're at least getting in before 100 yeah i mean I, maybe i should be the 200th episode maybe we should like just hold this off a little bit i'm kind of bummed about you know episode 200 i have a, something special planned but you know normally mm-hmm. i do some kind of big you know party at my place or something you know but it's yeah you can't really do that now you could do a big zoom party just have 16 people logged into one chat session mm-hmm. Yeah, I might just uh, have. Yeah, we'll have, we'll see. We'll see what actually ends up happening because I have some funny, funny, funky ideas. But we'll see what I end up actually doing. It's hard. They, with could, all- they could all play live to a click track through Zoom. It'd be perfect. <laughs> It'd be absolutely perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, no connection issues. It would sound excellent. <laughs> Contemporary music. <laughs> so, Bobby, the first question I ask everybody. Um, is the same, and normally it makes a little more sense because people are in my studio with me. <laughs> but the first question... I'm there right now in spirit, I promise. Exactly. Well, th- yeah, you know what the question is. It's simply, hey, who are you, and what are you... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think I just woke up in a blind, 
like stupor from being drunk so last night and woke up in this random bedroom and I was like, who is this guy next to me? And I was like, oh wow, is, is his name Ryan? Brian? Jacob? Carl? Kyle? I forget, but then, then you told me what your real name was and I was like, oh okay, wow, that's, hmm, sure, whatever. No, um, I mean, what, what do you, I mean, I've heard other people talk about this, but what do, exactly do you want me to say? Just what I do and how I do it or how, how we know each other, maybe? Sure, you can start there. Yeah. I've, you know what? I actually don't quite remember, I don't quite remember who recommended you because we do have a mutual friend. Jeff McLaughlin. Oh, Jeffy, that's right. Oh my God. <laughs> I need oh to get God. him on the show. No, I've been thinking about that too. Yeah, and I know he's free. Don't tell him I said that, but I know he's free. Um, <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. So we, I had contacted you remotely to do the first Sailor Moon concert in 2016, I want to say. Uh, 15. 15. Yeah, I was thinking 15 or 16. Somewhere. Yeah, in. We did. We did 17. Then we did. I think it's 15. Yeah. Um, and I just like looked at your work and your resume and what you've done before and Jeff highly recommended you so I was like I need someone who's because the music is very not classical but has some classical leanings to it but there's a lot more pop and Latin and um, music to it so I need someone who was flexible in all styles and you were great I just remember that you were you were able to follow along with the conducting what was happening around and the um the studios that we had i mean you weren't mic'd so it was a little difficult in terms of levels but uh you really handled yourself well in both instances i think the 2017 concert was a little bit better because you were mic'd and there was you know more amplification it was it was certainly closer to what i wanted to do but um not that i didn't like what you did in 15 but you know we're always trying to improve what we did before. Well, it's harder. We had a much bigger organ. Uh, we did. And we were in Colburn, which is not an, it's just more of an acoustic space. So it doesn't really lend itself to drum sets and all that thing. I don't think, think that you even allowed that. It was a bit boomy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even in the recording that I have, it's, <laughs> I definitely hear the percussion. I tell you that. <laughs> that was not, you not guest Nick Stone. Did the <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, what have you been doing? Because uh, I've sort of followed you, but you know, I don't know everything about LA. Yeah, you mean during the quarantine? I guess maybe right before. Right before, yeah. Well, I, you know, all kinds of different stuff. Um, and then I, uh, oh. teach, I teach at the Silverlight Conservatory a bit, and teach and, and teach privately, and a lot of recording, and just a ton of live gigs was like the main bread and butter. But doing a lot of writing yeah. for percussion ensembles and stuff like that. So now it's now everything's remote, you know. <laughs> so I'm doing yeah. a ton of drum set tracking here, and you know a lot of percussion, a lot of you know quarantine collaboration videos and stuff, a lot of Zoom podcasting. Yeah, it's yeah. certainly been a different atmosphere for musicians because we're so used to playing near one another in some kind of capacity, but to be able to still make music and record these parts remotely from our homes, I mean, you do get a different level of um, quality of sound just because people have different equipment but I'm glad that at least we can try to connect through this pandemic as much as possible sure man yeah where, where are you originally from uh, I was born and raised in Houston Texas and then I went to school in Ohio yeah and then 
came up here in New York City uh, 10 years ago. Oh, gosh. That's a long time. time. Gosh. And you're a stringed instrument uh, musician, like by a trade, right? Like what you first started up on? Yeah, yeah, I've been playing cello. It's my main instrument. Uh, And then I took up violin. Uh, I do play harp. Uh, I haven't done that in a while. And, of course, piano. Everyone plays piano. And uh, I think, yeah, I can probably do all the string instruments except guitar. That, That one, that's... It's too confusing, so too much pressure. Yeah, it's a tricky one. <laughs> no, that's cool, man. You're, yeah, I know that you play a ton of instruments and compose. Like, you spend most of your time composing for stuff, right? Do you do you uh, what? All, what all are you uh, writing for these days? Uh, well, I would say I do a lot more arranging uh, than anything. I haven't really composed anything since 2017. It's just I really feel for my composer friends because they're so good at taking their ideas and repurposing them for whatever project they need to. And I'm not, I don't really think that way. Like I have to spend the next eight months going back and forth on how much I like this song or what does it mean? Why am I writing it? What do I want to write it for? Why am I doing this? I'm so bad at composing. I have no ideas. You need to stop, take a break, come back on, finish it. Like there's, there's, I can't work under a timeline when I'm writing a piece, which is really frustrating <laughs> for a lot of people. But arranging is fine. It's like, whatever, I'll put your song together. And I actually do rather enjoy taking someone's composition. Usually if they if they don't know quite how what they want it to sound like or if they have an idea but don't know how to put it down to paper, I like interpreting their words and getting their ideas across as close to their original intention as possible. Um, there's something really magical and col- like collective thinking that comes across when you arrange someone else's piece. So I really tend to focus on that. Like, how much can I make this piece still sound like the original and reflect the emotion and power of the original, but still be mm-hmm. my own? Yeah, that's yeah. I totally get that. It's it is. I'm kind of the same way. Where it's it's hard. It's harder for me to take inspiration for something. I'd but if you tell me like you know like I write professional song pieces for groups and stuff, and they'll tell me like the yeah. group, you know like here's who you're writing for and like the instruments they have and like all these different skill levels and things, and they want to do something that's kind of in this vein, and I can write like that super easily for me. But like if but when I've done some film scoring stuff, and it's like like it's really difficult for me to to, to do that, you know. Uh, unless yeah. it's big, a lot of times I've been asked to do like big tribal drum scenes and stuff, and that's just like super fun. That's just, that's always epic and fun to do. But yeah. Uh, yeah. coming up with melodies, it's like it's I can do that all day and never feel like I have the right one. You know, it's it's tough. You certainly have to learn. There's a bit, there's a balance between arrogance and humility that comes with film score writing because I do work with a lot of um, film composers and just seeing how they how they utilize their talents to fit every film and also how they are still pretty much slaves to the director's vision is it was really eye-opening because you know you could be this grammy uh egot winning composer and be working with this brand new director and yet you still have to follow that director's ideas for how your composition works in their film it almost seems a little bit insulting uh, but I, I understand that the director has a lot more pressure on their shoulders to make the film work than the composer does. 
but it's coming from a music standpoint it's just like you shouldn't have to deal with this person like just tell them to tell them to fuck off and say you know what you have no awards and i don't like you and just leave but you can't really do that if you want the work thank you i'm not i'm just not like I'm not super speedy too. So when I think about when someone's like, Oh, you know, actually I need to cut this, you know, this many bars and add something here and stuff. Like, I'm like, you know how long it took to do all that? (laughs) They're cutting into your heart. You're just like, are you kidding me? Like this melody is the main character's girlfriend's name backwards. Like how would you, why would you want to cut that? Why? That's how we think. That's not how most composers think, but that's how some people who have trouble like adjusting tend to think of their work so the, the big the larger the ensemble that i'm writing for too it's like more because it's easy it's really easy for me to write like a melody and like rhythmic concepts some kind of bass yeah. voice and that you know yeah. and then but then like the more options for harmony and like rhythmic harmony and stuff that you can that you give me it's the options just become infinite you know and so it's yeah. like really hard to be like that's the best one <laughs> you know so i sit there and write and write and write and rewrite and add and change and then, so then, if, if somebody goes, you know, I don't really like that part, you know, and you're like, mother, <laughs> damn it. Do you find that when you let's see, when you don't go super complex with your writing, people tend to like that version, like that one thing that you made, you know, in two hours because you were sleep deprived or you were drunk, and you're like, whatever, I just need to finish this, blah 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 they seem to be like, oh my God, that was my favorite one. Like we need more stuff like that. And I find that to be the most frustrating, at least for me. <laughs> You're like, that was so easy. <laughs> like, I, I, like of all the pieces, I hate this one. And yet this is the one that you think is the best thing I've ever written. <sighs> <sighs> Yo, like kudos to all those film composers out there because I get it. Like you have to just take that breath in and step away and scream into a pillow and then come back and say, yes, fine. I will continue with this terrible piece that you want me to write. It's okay. It's all right. It's fine. Whatever. Mm. <laughs> well, Hey, so talking about all this composition stuff, you know, why don't we just use that as a perfect segue into you sharing a tune, an original piece? Oh, well, of course. Yes. So, um, you actually played on this piece before. Um, this was premiered in 2017 at that concert. Um, I wrote a piece for our Sailor Moon concert for the 25th anniversary um, because, well, back in the day, you know, you're old enough, and some of your listeners are probably old enough to know this, when they redubbed anime from Japan and brought them to the States, it was completely overhauled. You know, the references were taken out, The uh, anything that was Japanese, in terms of them like uh, taking their shoes off or eating um, the rice balls was changed to something more American, like rice balls became donuts or the picture was flipped. So they were driving on the right side of the road instead of the left side, Um, just so people can in America can be like, oh, wow, this is completely an American cartoon, like whatever. They have big eyes, but like now I can appreciate the characters. They're just like me, you know. So like their names were changed, and then on top of that, the music was completely changed to appeal to American audiences. And um, so in that case, we got a lot of brand new songs that were written with English lyrics by English songwriters, especially for Sailor Moon, because uh, there was a lot of insert songs back then in the '90s for '90s anime. And I knew that there was not going to be that same sort of deal happening with the dubs. 
uh, for the new reboot in 2014. And I thought, well, if if we had still continued that legacy and that practice, what would a song sound like if it was written today for the American dub of Sailor Moon Crystal? So I, you know, watched the whole season uh, of the second season, saw what was happening and just sort of composed the song called Light which reflected one of the major characters' uh, arcs and um, her sort of final realization of who she was and coming into her own. Um, so that's really what the song's about. And uh, it went over pretty well. You know, I, it was de- debuted by um, the, one of the original singing voices from the ni- no, 2000, no, wait, 1990, 1998 American dub. Uh, so I was really happy to share that with her and with the audiences. And uh, it's the last piece that I've written so far. <laughs> but I hope to write some more and maybe even go back to some older stuff and update that too. That's awesome. Yeah, I hope so too, man. I want to play more of your original stuff. So here we go then. Here is here is Light.
thank you so much for sharing some live, you know, or not live, I guess, uh, <laughs> recorded, <laughs> composed music of yours. Uh, you know, it's one of my favorite things to do when I have musicians on the show is to, I think there's no better way to show your personality or, you know, how, you know, like how your mind works on the show, stuff you've written, you know, yeah. you know I think it helps, it, it adds like another color to your whole personality, you know. So, now I'm going to email you a licensing agreement and I want to make sure I get my royalties quarterly. Okay, just point. FYI. It'll be very simple. I'll send you zero dollars every percent <laughs> 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 of what I'm making. <laughs> well, first you have to pay, you know, for the license to begin with. So it's a five thousand dollar synchronization license, and then we'll do the royalties after that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um so yeah, man. So let's so you know, we've talked, you know, uh kind of tangentially about how we we met doing the Sailor Moon Symphony. And so, like, what's what's the, you know, what was the reason you wanted to start Sailor Moon Symphony, the Sarah Symphony? Well, well back, back in, in 20, 20, I think 2013 was when we got the first announcement that the show was going to come back uh, as a reboot uh, to be more reflective of the original source manga comic book material. And I, I had loved Sailor Moon since I was in, oh gosh, fourth or fifth grade. In elementary school it was one of the first shows that I saw just like getting ready before I went to school and I was I was I didn't even know what it was I don't know I only saw like half an episode I remember what episode it was it was when Sailor V makes the scene but um, I, I just didn't know who these characters what were or but it was, it was very flashy it was very exciting I remember going to school and asking people hey do you know this show because I didn't know the title and I was like it's like some girls and like they're they're fighting this guy and something about a princess. Like I was very confused, but um, I think finding more and more about it just made me fall in love with animation more and also music as well. Because as you know, as you listen to a lot of the background tracks and the songs that were presented in the show, they were pretty well written, even in the English dub. And I wanted to learn to play those, of course, on, you know, fancy instruments like the violin and the cello. Uh, and then I wanted to write music like that. So it sort of was my gateway into uh, soundtrack scoring, arranging, and performance. So I really appreciated uh, what Sailor Moon has done for me. And um, when I, yeah, when I had heard that it was kind of come back as a, uh, more manga centric series I was like okay this is gonna be great you know but other than that no one had really done anything with the music and it was my favorite part of the show was just hearing the soundtrack remembering all the scenes just based on the tunes that I would hear playing on my CD player or my uh, Walkman oh god it sounds old <laughs> yeah we all remember the Walkman days uh, when you had to like Take your pen and like make sure get the the tape track when you were uh, kids just don't understand that nowadays. But um, yeah, so it was like 2013. I didn't really have a big project here. I had been here for three years in New York City, working in the library, and I was like, I don't really have a music thing. You know, I went to school for music. I need to do something music related. Like I'm tired of playing weddings uh, and doing random orchestra gigs. Like let me just do something. Let me show my appreciation for a show that got me into doing the thing that I love. And I'm not a 
artist, well, a visual artist. I'm not a cosplayer. So I was like, well, I can't really do that. I want to make an outfit because that's just going to take so much time. I feel like no one else is really doing anything with the music portion. So let me just uh, listen to all the soundtracks again, put together these medleys of songs and call a couple of my friends, pay a couple of them and just record like my tribute to the music of Sailor Moon. And it sort of just blew up from there. Like people were really excited to see um, how the music was played to have their memories come back through live performance. I mean, live recorded performance on YouTube. And um, just from there, it became like a live concert and more more and more tributes after and a couple albums. I mean, I'm not done with it. I wish to do more. I, I would like to say I would like to think that my uh, initial concerts and dedication to music helped inspire the official concert that happened in Japan in 2017. Because, you know, we were first. So I, I feel like they they saw what we were doing. They saw how it was doing online. They were like, you know what? We should probably do this ourselves because, you know, we have the money. We have the rights. So like, let's just get it done. I was like, oh, OK. You could have just called me, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> do you like other like cartoon? Are you big in the cartoon and video game culture in general? Is that a big passion? Yeah. 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 You know, there's yeah. you know, there's, there's something so effective about animation I and something so universal and globally uh, relatable because these characters are not us they're not humans they look like humans but they're not they're usually some kind of crazy creatures or weirdly drawn humans but they allow us you know they allow us to check our feelings to sympathize and empathize with different um aspects of people's personality and situations which i would hope would carry over into our real lives doesn't always do that but at least for when you start young i mean we're introduced to emotion and facial features and picking up on social cues through cartoons you know when you see a funny face a sad face when you hear a minor chord versus a, a major chord what does that make you feel and the, that combination of imagery with music for a young child, I think helps us understand, well, understand nonverbal cues as well as some verbal stuff. Like when you don't have the words to, to do it, to express it, you, can you still understand this person is sad? And I think seeing that in animation, I want to bring that out more and more in the works that we do with the orchestra. Uh, that's why I try not to use the visuals too much. I want it to just be the music and because I want people to remember what they were feeling, what was happening in the scene, what was going on, how effective was this music at portraying the atmosphere and the emotions of the characters when you were watching it when you were little. And I, I think out of, out, of all, out of all the entertainment um, venues, I think animation is the one that really sticks with you the most. Like video games, I would count that as part of animation, but like film and TV, it's like, oh yeah, I'm not sure, whatever. But I think... You know, because someone has to physically draw and animate and like intentionally create these motions and the music to attach to it, um, I think it's more effective than, you know, recording someone, a live human being and cutting that up. Not, no, no offense to live action films and TV, but uh, animation just takes a lot more dedication and depth because you have to create something out of nothing and then try to make it 
appeal to a wide number of audiences through your drawing and tangentially through your music too. Yeah, and I think that I think that's kind of going through like animation is coming up in like another kind of renaissance right now with all the different, especially because of Netflix with like F is for Family or Big Mouth, but then there's also yeah. you know Rick and Morty and all these different yeah, shows yeah. that are just like really really popular in the zeitgeist. And but I think it's I think what's my, my I've always thought how cool it is that some you can have real life issues with the cartoon yeah, that yeah. you just don't want to play with with humans because it's embarrassing or it's too like you know it, it's like hard to make funny if you're watching yeah, another human yeah. do it but if you're like watching a comic like big mouth is a perfect example of it's so silly and goofy but at the end of the day it's like it's a real story about real kids growing up and the things that they deal with and so every once in a while they hit you with like a oh like <laughs> like a real thing to get say, oh that was me like oh crap yeah, I was just laughing at this like totally absurd, you know, thing, and I'm just that when I least expected it, you hit me in the gut, you know. So I, I think <laughs> like cartoons are really cool for that, like you know, the, the ability to shift gears like that so easily. Yeah, I mean it's helpful because you don't have to pay for someone's likeness. You don't have to worry about people outgrowing the role. You know, when you're just using someone's voice, it's like, well, they can do that forever. I mean, the people on The Simpsons have been doing that for. 30 plus years and they're in their 50s and 60s and no one would ever know unless you saw them which you don't usually see them unless they do some kind of interview online but that show is still super effective and I mean that's a great example of how you can deal with family issues and interpersonal communication through a comedic tone through animation I mean I don't I know very few people who who are our age who did not grow up through the Simpsons and grow around the Simpsons and sort of understood family values and what they were parroting. And it, it is probably the perfect example of intergenerational communication because there are so many jokes that I never got when I was younger, both musically and just, you know, verbally that now I'm like, oh God, that was really dirty back then. <laughs> like, what was I laughing at? That my pa- And my parents were laughing at something completely different. Yeah. I mean, like, I think of like the seed and feed joke which I would never have known what that is. That just sounds funny when you're an eight-year-old child. Like, oh my God, seed and feed. Like, you know, they sound the same. Then you get older and you're like, oh no, Chuck's seed and feed. And like, oh my gosh, like, how is this a children's cartoon? <laughs> so I, 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 I want more shows to be like that. And I think Rick and Morty is also sort of bridging the gap as well. There's a lot more musical references in there that, um, I mean, their theme song, number one, is a clear replication of Doctor Who, which I think is great. Um, But just how they utilize music within the scenes, you know, uh, even this last episode, this there was a super dramatic story between Morty and uh, he wanted a, I think, was it a save button, like a video game save button where he can press save, do something and then if he messed up, you know, go back to a save point and redo it. I'm like, that is a great lesson about choices, uh, about taking risk. And, you know, what are you going to do? Like, doesn't it make sense to go ahead and take the choice and have the consequences and learn from that? Then always coming back and being like, oh, well, whatever, you know, I'll just fix it later. Like, no, no. And the music they used for that when it was super sappy, when it was super happy, when it was uh, sensual, I mean, it was it was cleverly done, and I I like what cartoons are doing nowadays. Yeah, me too. I think that's cool. Well, so are you? I'm sure you're probably viewing even more than the average now with the with the quarantine. And you're you're are you in, are you in what, what part of New York are you in? 
Oh, I'm in Queens. In Queens, okay. And so, how has your how has this quarantine experience been for you, man? Are you are you getting any sun time or fun time? Oh gosh, no. <laughs> no, I do live by myself, thankfully. Uh, live by myself for I think seven years, I want to say. Uh, but I have a small studio, so it it really works out for me. Um, I must say, it is quite strange living in the city that never sleeps, and yet. Now it's sleeping all the time. Yeah. I've never seen the city so dead to not hear the subway at night because now it's turned off, I think, from 1 1 a.m. to 5 a.m., which is very unusual. And no one's walking outside at night. You know, no one can go go out to bars and drink. I do miss miss drinking a lot, I'll tell you that. Even though I am drinking right now, as you can see, my 32-ounce to-go cup, uh, which I feel really bad about. Well, because she was like, you know, we have the double and I was like, what's a double beer? She's like, oh, we serve it to you in like a, a 7-Eleven fountain oh, drink cup. Oh, you're drinking a double <laughs> beer right now? <laughs> I was, I was like, like, you know what? <laughs> this is the New York style. <laughs> I love that, dude. That's one of those things that you only get in New York. That I would always order a double beer. Um, that's amazing. It's, I actually used to get pictures by myself, you know, you know two months ago but can't do that anymore but um in new, in new york, york <laughs> that's all you need to say it's, in your uh, uh yeah it's just strange you want another one yeah. <laughs> i have an incredible amount of debt so yes i do need another one. <laughs> like okay i'll still tip you though don't worry don't worry but uh i i miss i miss seeing people i miss performing Live, even the gigs that I hated, uh, the mini weddings playing Pachelbel's Canon over and over again. Uh, I just miss seeing my music friends and communicating through music. Because for me, I've never been a good, strong communicator, and music was really the first way I could effectively talk with somebody, either through just playing and like responding to how they were playing. Like, how do I make it? How do I make myself? fit into their style of playing uh which i think is just a great mental activity but also wonderful as a musician to change your style to fit the overall musical sound and i miss doing that because yeah i can record at home i can edit myself you know up and down which i do don't get me wrong i've edited myself quite a bit (laughs) in some of these fast recordings but uh i just I don't like doing that because music to me is supposed to bring people together. It's supposed to be a communal effort. And the more people, the better. That's why I love playing an orchestra, conducting orchestra, arranging for orchestra, because I want to hear how everything comes together. What are you going to do to make this sound more, uh, actually make it just sound more, make it sound more beautiful, more magical, more scary, because everyone's bringing their own ideas on what music is to the you know to the forefront, and uh, I I miss that. And to hear a soundless New York City is kind of scary. Yeah, I'm the same way, man. I you know don't get me wrong. I especially as I've gotten older, I like really really like my alone time. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a people person in general. I'm like I really take for granted how many people I interact with in a day. You know. Yeah. And throughout this last couple of months, it's like man i <laughs> i miss talking to the guy at starbucks and the guy at the gas station or whatever it's just like all those people that you just see 
because I start up conversation with everybody, and that's like because you know you're waiting yeah. or whatever. And just I've, I always talk to people, and and then my day working with all the different people and teaching in groups and te- you know and playing in groups and you know you, you, like me and my buddy Zach Churchill play several gigs a week, and it's always with the same bartenders and and like other people that are working at the restaurants and stuff. And so you get to know all them, and you just you kind of take for granted that you just see these same people every week. And so then you're like, whoa, I haven't seen this person for months now. It's weird. Yeah. But yeah, man, it's it's interesting time. What are you snacking on? You know, what's been your what's been your quarantine grabbing? Oh, uh, quarantine, quarantine food. food? <laughs> well, I actually have. It's really strange because <laughs> I shouldn't say this. You might have to cut this out. But I have not been eating. <laughs> I've not been eating well. I've been mostly drinking my calories. Not that I'm depressed, but I've just been before quarantine. I was bored. Like I, I mean, I had stuff to do. I would still go. Um, to work because uh, I work for this composer doing music copyist stuff and then I would do you know a random gig every now and then on the weekends but I didn't have any big project to do and I don't really eat a lot to begin with so I would just you know go to the bar and drink myself silly and that's where I get most of my calories from so now that I can't do that except you know except for today I um even this is not enough I um I don't know I, I might I've been eating out a lot more like I guess maybe I want I want to say mentally to help restaurants with their bills I know that's not the reason because I just don't want to cook even though I could cook I could fucking go to the grocery store and actually because I know how to cook but I just I don't know I gotta roll out of bed and then like you know put the chicken in the thing and then defrost it and it's like yo I'll just hop on my bike and go somewhere it's just so much easier like today, I just got some chicken wings and poutine and a beer. My first meal of the day at 5 p.m. And um, I mean, I did wake up at 2 p.m. So that's par for the course. But yeah, that's that's really my that's what I'm doing. I haven't really done too much like fast, fast food, you know, McDonald's, Burger King. I remember that family guy joke when they're like, oh, yeah, we can't fucking say the real fucking name. We know what we're all talking about, but gotta have a a, a quarter a, a double nickel nickel pounder or something but you can't say quarter pounder that's copyright for some reason quarter quarter double nickel answer uh, <laughs> <laughs> that seems really small that does sound pretty well <laughs> no that's cool man I, yeah i you know i feel you and i think uh, have you gone completely nocturnal it sounds like you're sleeping into you know into the in the afternoon are you going to sleep in the early morning i mean i've certainly always been a night owl i've sort of forced myself because i only work three days a week where i have to wake up at 7 a.m to hop on the transit and go to work but the other nights yeah i'm up i mean it's gotten even worse now like i'll wake up at 3 p.m and then i'll go to sleep at 7 a.m because i'm i'm more active right i'm just more active at night it just it feels better then i do go out for a walk you know at one o'clock in the morning it's very quiet the police are looking at me like are you crazy and like it's fine like i don't need a mask like just calm down i'm not stealing anything so you're doing night walks huh because you know i'm doing the i'm doing daytime to get some sunlight you know but mm. you're doing the nighttime yeah I, yeah i take sun pills so i don't need to do that so it's all right what is that, just vitamin d yes yes sun pill <laughs> That's what they're called, right? That's what it says in the label, sun pills. We're doing the same thing. We're doing that. I'm taking vitamin D as well. Um, 
been really trying to be doing that a lot. But then also I've been getting out and, do, you know, getting out in the sun a couple hours a day just to try to keep some version of sanity in my brain. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of musicians need vitamin D because of our work schedules. Like we don't really go out in the daytime. It's just not part of our gig. Like how many shows are at noon? You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Most of my interaction with people is at night. And then I do so much writing and stuff like that. So I'm normally at during the day, I'm normally home in my studio working and writing and recording and stuff. And then I go yeah. out in the evening. So, you know, so this actually probably getting more sun now than I was before, but uh, that's, you know, I'm doing that on purpose so that I, you know, stay sane a bit. <laughs> yes. So you don't turn to a zombie like the rest of us. Exactly. But, you know, I've been doing my fair share of double beers. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> Stop making fun of me. I'm almost done. Hey, I'm not making fun of you. Uh, if only we could be drinking that together. I'd, I'd, I'd be right there You know, that's the thing I miss. I... I would go to the bar, not to hit on people, not to get hit on, not to, you know, take somebody home. Honey, I'm there to drink, okay? If you want to make out, let's do it. But I came here for one reason, one reason only. Please fill up my martini glass, get me a pitcher, and I will be here until you close today. I do not want to do anything else. People don't quite understand that. They're like, oh my God, you're an alcoholic. What's wrong with you? Do you need some help? I'm like, honey, no. Have I done anything? Have I... Uh, driven my bike into a wall? No. Have I touched somebody inappropriately? No. I just came here to sit and be quiet in my corner, play my little phone game, drink the house down boots, and uh, take my black ass home. There's nothing... I don't understand what the problem is. Why is that an issue? I have not heard you... I mean... I mean... It's... I miss that. I Because I don't really drink at home. I don't really keep alcohol in the house because that, that's when you know you're an alcoholic. I don't be doing that. That's disgusting. You don't keep that demon liquid my inside my house. <laughs> but outside the house, yes, I'll keep it out there. That's great. <laughs> I miss it too, man. I've spent many an hour, you know, hanging out at a bar and playing my phone games and just having beer by myself. And people come up and talk, and I'm just like, no, I'm. You know, I'm not, you know, like, What's up, man? <laughs> and I was like, no, it's fine. I'm good. I have, I have plenty of no, friends. No, no. <laughs> Try to be alone for a moment. Play, play a little two dots. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here for your Wi Fi, really. Like, I don't know. <laughs> 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 email and Look, flip through Instagram. I want to move into segments and games. You ready for some of that? Oh, my God. Are these anime related? Um, they can be. It depends on the, what you know. Whatever the topics bring up for you, okay. okay um, this first okay. segment we're going to do is a little something called the compliment corner. The beasts of the forest can be mean and make your day gloomy. To make the world a better place, Ryan welcomes his friends to a magical space called the compliment corner. So okay. in the compliment corner, what happens is give me and my guest a chance to forget how dark and gloomy the world is out there. Uh, and, it, you know, it'll, it'll just, it's just you and me. I'm going to look you in the eye via Zoom, give you a compliment that I mean. <laughs> You'll flip it on me, give me a compliment that you mean, and we're both going to walk out of this Zoom call one compliment heavier at the end of the day. How's that sound? Ryan, this is tough. I don't really... <laughs> I read bitches. I don't really compliment them. I don't know if I can... Oh, God. Okay, if you want to slam me in somewhere. Well, let me call somebody. 
Let me, let me call someone to send me a compliment about you. Google compliments. <laughs> <laughs> How do you compliment people you don't like? <laughs> All right. Okay, got it. <laughs> How do you do? Okay, here's the five easy steps. <laughs> First of all, don't say that you don't like them. Oh, I never write that one down. All right, well, I'm going to start. Here's my comment for you, my friend. Um, uh, my, my comment for you is this I, you, you asked me, you know, we met through Jeff McLaughlin, and then we got to play uh, the, the Sarah Symphony gig. But, you know, I think that you said 20. 15 or something like that, and then 2017. 15, or, yeah. Or something like that. Or the 15 and 17. And um, something I, I wanted to comment you about was just orchestrating all that, so not only the musical side of it, but like, like, you know, the dates and the rehearsals and how many people there were and just all this stuff. It's a shitload of work. But the thing that I really enjoyed about doing it is, like you've mentioned and we've been t- kind, of, kind of loosely talking about, is how much of our career is gigs that we're not necessarily pumped about you know and i've done so many gigs that are just background music and stuff and like i I love playing with bands that were like in a a good venue where people are listening but the truth is musicians make a lot of their bread and butter playing background music for people and sometimes you're doing a performance and you're working your ass off and then you stop the tune and no one claps and you're just like fuck you know (laughs) what is my life right now you know but uh but what was cool about playing with you was that you had done something so specific and there were all these fans of not, not only the, you know, like your group, but like the, you know, Sailor Moon and like the music of Sailor Moon. And so the concerts that we did together, you know, were packed with all these people in costume. They were screaming and, you know, you, you always brought in singers that came, that were on the original, you know, Sailor Moon recordings and stuff. And so people were like all fanning out about those people and, and I just think that you did something really, really special. And 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 for a musician that plays every day, some some kind of gig, um, it, you know, the the gigs where you're playing music for people that truly appreciate it really stick out to me. You know, um, as very special. And so, and both the times I've played with you, you've you've nurtured a, a community like that, and it's been very, you know, it's it stuck out to me. And it's been, very, I think, it's extremely valuable for all the musicians that were involved because you know we need those type of like you know, fun moments where you're playing for people, even if you, like, even if somebody was in the orchestra that didn't care about Sailor Moon or something, they would still have loved playing that for those people that really loved it, you know? And yeah, so yeah. I, my compliment to you is just simply that, you know, I think it's really admirable and awesome that you've done something and created something that people genuinely care about, you know? And so I just, I think that's really, really beautiful. And not everybody gets a chance to do that or even be a part of something like that. So I think that's really cool. Oh my God! Well, thank you, Ryan. Now I see why you have a girlfriend. My goodness! Look at that. So, so wordy. So wordy. I was gonna say that you know I like your beard, but now I have to fucking think of something more verbose. Oh, I love um, that. Um, um, I feel good about that. This is this is not new, right? I feel like you've had a. Be- Hold on, let me. No, no. Like the last time I saw you, didn't have a beard, right? You always had the chin strap. Mm. Forever, like since college. But. That's what it. Okay, yes, that little dude. Uh, uh, sorry, I can't say that. Now I have the. <laughs> I mean that. Uh, I mean that. Um, that v- very specific type of facial hair. <laughs> See, I stopped myself. You, you look like such a man now. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. That's a compliment. That's a compliment right? That's like a backhand I'll, I'll compliment. take that happily. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Like as I said before, I. I was very happy to have found 
you know, a really strong rhythm section with a drummer who can play different styles, who can, A, read fucking notes on the sheet of paper, because that is not good to find. <laughs> that is not easy to find. Uh, a drummer with a good feel who also can read the X's and the O's. Like, come on. And um, just being flexible with styles and with rhythms. I know there was a lot of music that you had to go through, and it was, you know, not not so much... Uh, I wouldn't say direction, but you you like took it upon yourself to to make things work to as best as you could, and to give me inspiration because there were things that you did during the performances that I, I even use nowadays when I still play that music. I'm like, you know what? I like what Ryan did, so I'm actually going to write that into the music <laughs> and have other people play that from now on. Because I'm like, well, fuck, that was actually really good. There's there's one song that you played that no one else has been able to play the same way and I I'm like god damn it how do I get other people to play like the way you did oh that's cool uh, that. you don't remember I mean you don't know what song it was but I do remember it's like that makes me feel really want... good though I'm like I'm, that makes me happy man yeah that's awesome and I'm great I'm, I'm great yeah, because that's... you told me that I've challenged other drummers to an impossible task <laughs> <laughs> don't tell them I said that because they would be they're like, what about me? I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, you're, you're cute. Sure. Yeah, whatever. What do you say to a drummer? Your four on the floor was more on the floor than four? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's not a compliment. <laughs> no. We know what that means. <laughs> it's okay. If you just smile when you say it, it feels good. <laughs> okay. Huh. Uh, well, hey, I feel better. Do you feel better? Yeah. Okay, well, I, I wish you'd... Uh, I mean, yeah, sorry, yeah, so you're right. We can cut that, hold on, take take two. Uh, yes, thank you for lifting my spirits during this time of crisis. Yes. <laughs> well, that's great, man. Well, that's been the compliment corner. The next game that we're going to play is a little something called... You know what? N- not to stop your games, but I feel like we should have talked more about anime. Just because you started the thing off with this whole anime spiel, I feel like we should have gotten more into that. Is that, well, is that just me? All, or? First of all, I don't care how you feel about that. I don't care. Oh. I, don't, not- <laughs> I guess the compliment I guess the compliment corner is officially <laughs> fucking over, isn't it? Yeah, I'm a douche again, so that's just how it goes. Um, <laughs> the hell no, you mean but, again? You, know, you haven't yeah, stopped yeah, being yeah. <laughs> Each episode has a strength level that really bears no true bearing on where the show goes. Interesting. <laughs> but thank you for calling that out and making me look the fool. No, I mean, I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't going on a tangent, even though I felt like I was. I wanted to try to keep it in, like, the the theme or whatever. But The show is basically all tangents all the time. Um, it's just how it goes. But So don't feel bad. It's not your fault. It's kind of built into the show. It should be called Rangent. I guess it doesn't sound like Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> but like R Y A R Y A. Yeah. Y, silent Y. R Y A. Ran. Yeah. R Y A N Gents. Rangents. Yeah. I like that. Silent Y. I mean, Ryan Gents doesn't really work. Also, when you. I've never known how to say your last name, and I feel like I've been saying it wrong this entire time until you said it. Because I've been saying Nudson to people. Nope. And that's, and that's not, correct. not correct. Knudsen. Yeah. Knudsen. Yeah. It's a tricky one. People always, very often it is mispronounced, you know, and to have to have to hear it. But uh, that's how it goes. It's been my whole life. Knudsen, is it? Knudsen, Knudsen, 
You know, all kinds of different stuff. Knudsen. People say all different stuff, but Knudsen is the true strong way to say it. Knudsen. Is it Scottish or some kind of, uh, like, what's the, you know, the origins? Origins. Origins. Danish. Mm -hmm. Oh. Mm -hmm. That's where it comes from. Denmark. That's where my. That's where the, my, there, there, there are Knutsons in Iceland and other parts of you know Europe, but that my family's uh, ancestry is in Denmark. Oh, okay, good to know. I will. But trivia: I'm half Mexican, half Danish. What's the mix-up? What about you? What What's your What's your mix-up? I'm half white, half Korean. Hmm. Interesting. Just I just stay in the sun too long. <laughs> That's why you only walk at night now. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know you know how white people get darker in the sun? Well, we get lighter in the night, in the moon. So, like, that's how that works. The moon sucks it out. <laughs> you may not want to say it like that. that. <laughs> that I meant to... <laughs> oh, man. All right. No, so I'm just... Yeah, we're going to go... We're going to kick yeah, it. Sorry. sorry. We're going to... Yeah, go ahead. Next segment. This one is called... From little baby to full-grown man or lady. Hey, thanks, thing. From little baby to full-grown man or lady. You hated a thing, now you love that thing. Now you're grown up and you want to say thanks to that thing for being a thing. So what happens in this game is we're going to talk about something that when we were little babies or little boys, you know, children, what we mm -hmm. that we didn't enjoy, but now as an adult, we love it. We love that thing, and so we'll we'll talk about the you know that, and then we'll be able to say thanks thing to whatever that thing is for being in our life. Does that make sense? Well, I would say the first thing is probably pulling on my wiener. I did not like that when I was a child. Child, but, but um, that has now, changed. Especially the coronavirus days. It's <laughs> <laughs> like Corona is doing her job, but she. Woo! Pull it up. exercise out of that. I mean, because that's what you called it when you were <laughs> younger. Yeah, yeah. So, so goodness, what a good that's like the first thing that came to my mind. I love that. Well, do you want to say thanks for being in your life? <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Wiener, for being that thing in my life. <laughs> that is the best thing I've ever heard. Oh my God, I love that so much. I don't even want to go anymore. I, it's like we should <laughs> yeah, I think you have to cut that. I can't top that. Let's just stop. We'll move on to the next segment. <laughs> All right, you ready for the next segment? <laughs> no, we can we can do more. Oh, we can't. We can't stop that. That's great. That's perfect. No one's. You've won the game. I think you beat the game. Not only did you. <laughs> oh yeah, I beat the, I beat the game all right. I beat that game very, very, very strongly. strongly. <laughs> all right, this next You're game. You're the one making the fun. Hey, hey, this is great. I love it, man. This is fine. I'm, I, I think you won and beat the game. I don't think I'll. I might, I might have to retire that game after that. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you can use it for your next podcast guest. They won't exactly. know. Exactly. Yeah, I can use what I was gonna say. Yeah. All right. So this next segment is called. Get your dang butt out of my face. When you get involved by the human race, what you gonna say? Get your dang butt out of my face! 
think this is connected to my answer from the first one. I think so too. Could be. Could be. Okay. Um, in this okay. segment, what happens is uh, it's kind of kind of like what I said earlier. We're going to talk about something that's been pissing us off, irking our chain, making us mad or sad, and we'll be able to talk about that and then tell that thing to figuratively get its dang butt out of your face. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? So it's kind of it's an airing. Okay. 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 You know, it's not a negative game. It's just trying to get something off our chest so we can be more positive. You know what I mean? Like a so pet, pet peeve. A pet peeve. Yeah, something that's been pissing you off lately. Do you have anything that's off on top of your head, or you want me to go first? No. How about you go first? <laughs> okay. Mine. Mine is something that always drives me nuts. But during this time of quarantine and coronavirus, it's just it, what I want to talk about is just unknowns. Fucking unknowns. Mm. Um, like the Pokemon? Pokemon unknowns? I don't know what that yeah. is. I don't, I don't get that reference. There's a Pokemon called Unknown. Is there really? Yes. Yeah. What a horrible name for a Pokemon. <laughs> so he just says his name, Unknown. unknown. <laughs> it's not like Pikachu. It's like, Unknown, Unknown, Unknown. <laughs> I know like Bulbasaur is always like, <laughs> But yeah, my, th- my problem is that you know, everything keeps changing. We can't make yeah. decisions. We can't make any plans. The minute you make a plan, the next day or the next week, you get you, you read the news and it's like, okay, this date has been shifted two weeks later or a month later, or, you know. And yeah. the, there, I mean, there's just so many fucking unknowns that like, but some people. Uh, really, I mean, everyone's always said you fear the unknown or you fear the dark because mm-hmm. it's unknown or all this different stuff. But it's just like now we're just living literally day to day covered in unknowns, and it just sucks ass. You can't make a plan everything gets ruined and it's just it's driving me nuts so what i have to say is hey unknowns get your dang butt out of my face <laughs> i'm still gonna think of the pokemon that's what it's, i mean it's it's actually quite apt you know applicable to that situation as well but i like your version too i mean no that's that's completely true because we've we're taught so early on in our adulthood, you need to have a plan. You need to start saving for your future. You need to start thinking six months in ahead and getting all that stuff together. And now we can't do that because every time we plan something, even like you said, even for like the next week, it's like, well, you know, now we can't do this because something else has popped up. I Maybe I think that people are moving too fast and they, they don't want to wait for good reason you know people want to get out there and work they want to open things up the economy uh they want to see their family and their friends but we just have to we need to wait until we have more information before we start making these big decisions i mean that's probably what's happening at least with you know corona but yeah it sucks it does suck it sucks well, what about you what's been pissing you off well, let me wrap this back to music because you know we're both musicians. I have to say, since I work in the film and TV world now, I am so sick of brand new like movie soundtracks, especially for uh, superheroes, like the big budget ones. They all are scored the same way. Like I feel like arranging and orchestration has lost its ingenuity over the years there are so many orchestras soundtracks that have you know 18 french horns and this huge brass section that are not doing anything but playing like like what three-part harmony like but you have 24 players just playing what the hell is happening the string writing is very boring 
lots of whole notes and long notes. We've really leaned towards percussion and brass in a way that is just so uninteresting. So whenever I hear, especially an American or a Western soundtrack, I am thoroughly unenthused by what's happening. I, I don't care because this music could be used for any any single film because it's more based on emotion rather than on the scene like oh we need a sad theme we need a triumphant theme we need the um the powerful battle theme i mean this has become i think this has really happened ever since lord of the rings and harry potter those two really changed the game when it came to how we score films and don't get me wrong i work with howard shore uh, a lot and I'm just, I'm so sick of Lord of the Rings. I hated it before I started working there, and I hate it now. <laughs> but that's, that's almost probably 60% of the stuff that I do is fucking Lord of the Rings related, related and I'm so sick of it. <laughs> oh my God. So you know what? Fucking French horns and percussion scores can get their butts out of my face. Yeah, man. I was actually just thinking about this concept last night because um, Lori and I started watching West Wing like a couple weeks ago now, mm. which I had never seen before. And it's been a show I've always heard about and wanted to watch. And so we watched everything else on Netflix. <laughs> and, I, and then I was like, I was like, Oh yeah, West wing. I should start watching that, you know? And it's an amazing show. I, I like, I've, I'm in love with the, we, we've watched the first two seasons. I just really love it, but I've been laughing a lot at the score because yeah. it's so, so like, it, it's so of that time period when you're listening to it. And like, there are so many, political dramas and stuff like that today especially like on netflix there's so many things going on um and the, the like the way that we score stuff is completely different and way more epic and big sound you know all these you know, electronic sounds and all the you know yeah. and a lot more staccato movement and serious dark textures and stuff but like back in the day like west wing is a very serious show with some comedy and stuff but it's like all the music sounds like Richie Rich, <laughs> like, <laughs> like um, family comedies, you know, like from the, from the 90s and stuff. You know, it's, it's like, you could just hear, it's like, you know, it's like the early 2000, or I guess it's 2010 or something like that, but it's just, uh, it just sounds so much of the, like the films that were being made at the time when it was around, you know, and and now it's, if that, if, if you did, if, if you rescored it today, it would be a completely Ooh. different show, you know, like people are just, a, a, you know, attacking this. So I was just thinking about that last night. As I was yeah. kind of laughing at the music and stuff, and um, but see, I like that because me too. We that gives the show its own unique character. I mean, what would The Simpsons be without its main theme? That's you know turned around and changed and modified throughout the entire series. Yes, it's a parody on '80s sitcom. How they took those main themes and you know wrote them, wrote sad versions and happy versions for the score, but. It just works. Family Guy does the same thing. Um, I wish more shows did the same thing, where they took this one idea and transformed it over the season. But I, f- I think it's probably a problem with to the access to creating music and music that is uh, palp- palpable to most ears is much easier nowadays than it's ever been before. I mean, anyone can buy samples. Anyone can you know, buy this quick little how to make this epic orchestral sound, you know, eight minute track and sell it, get so much money. People are like, oh, that sounds great. Love it. Love this MIDI. We don't need to even hire an orchestra because this sounds like an orchestra already. 
hate that shit. Um, so. I hate that shit. <laughs> well, I'm with you, man. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. Well, hey, man, that's been get your dang butt out of my face. You feel like I mean, having. I mean, it's it's good. I mean, having someone's butt in your face is not really that bad, but you know, sure, whatever. Well, that's what you know. When I when I made up that game, it was actually at, uh, comedy shows because I, I I love going to see comedy. But you know, comedy is really best when it's in a very small venue and like very intimate kind of setting. Yeah. But there's always two drink minimums, which is fine. I'm gonna drink two drinks, but l- the problem with it is that there's no room for like the server to come in and and you know, yes. and so they come in and they take your drink order and then like they come back ten minutes later and they're they're taking the order in front of you and they, like just because of how close everything is, you have like a server's butt in your face. Which you know, hey man, nothing against a butt in your face or a nice booty or whatever anything like that, but sometimes you you know. You spent your good American USD dollars to see this comedy, and now you're just looking at a butt in your face. Well, you're getting two shows for one, so what's wrong with that? But it's very, very, very performer-dependent on that moment, you know? (laughs) You you want to see that show. (laughs) It's It's a a secret secret show, show. okay? There's 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 nothing wrong wrong with that. Two shows, one ticket. Backside show. That's funny. The backside show. show. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Well, hey, man, so we're coming to the end of the show. Uh, so, but before we wrap up, you know, everyone gets the same last question. And if you, you know, as you, as you will recall, the name of the show is Ryan is Super Strong. So the last question that I always give, and keep in mind, there are so many types of strength, whether it be physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, uh, beer drinking, all, <laughs> anything you got. Uh, my last question for everybody is just simply, hey, Bobby, are you super strong? Uh, wait, let me let me take my one last sip. Let me just... <laughs> um, I mean, does, it, does anyone ever say no? Um, I'm trying to think. I, there have been a couple of no's throughout the years, but mostly people people kind of describe that they're super strong at some in some way, you know, or some ways, while weaker in other kind. That's kind of a Typical. No, nobody really says no straight up. Maybe a couple of people, but m- most people are more descriptive of why they think they might not be super strong in some ways. Oh. But, but well, most I guess I would like, say <laughs> <laughs> you must have a lot of men on your podcast. Um, Doesn't everybody I mean, be wrong? Have a lot of men on. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, except the Bechtel podcast that doesn't have a lot of men on there. Is that all women? That's a film joke. The Bechtel, the Bechtel test. Oh, oh. The Bechtel test. Yes. I, that's right. I, yeah, I know what you're talking about. That's you're an inside, inside joke. joke right there. That is, well, it's, yeah, yeah, that's a, like inside baseball. You know, that's a, that's a deep. <laughs> I forgot about. Yeah, I forgot about that term. I'm sure your audience won't get that because I'm sure your audience is mostly composed of men. But that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. You know, sausage parties taste just as good. It's an hors d'oeuvre. Uh, but now we got a lot of women terms, guests on the show. But what about the listeners, though? I don't. I don't know. I don't interface with them. I refuse to meet them. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly elderly. Wow. Mostly, Mostly elderly. elderly. <laughs> <laughs> this explicit podcast about musicians. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right. Mostly exclusively elderly listeners. Christian elderly women from the South, yes. Um, 
strength. I mean, I can hold my liquor like nobody's business. Ooh, that's a good strength, man. I get that from my mother. Like it is, it is dangerous. I have, I I do black. I, I guess I do black out, because I certainly don't remember what happened the night before, but, I don't do anything crazy. Then I check my bill. And I'm like, well, I really spent a hundred and fifty dollars on, you know, happy hour, buy one get one free alcohol, and that just seems that seems like a lot. You know, having, I've had four martinis in one night. I've had. Four pitchers of beer in one night, not the same night. Uh, I've had seven shots on top of, you know, a pitcher of beer. It's just like, I enjoy drinking. It is social. It can taste very good. Uh, I always like to, especially with martinis, I love seeing how bartenders make them because they always make them wrong. But it doesn't matter because you'll still get drunk anyway. So it's like, am I really going to lose? Like it's just it's either more alcohol or even more alcohol. Like I just what's <laughs> where is the problem? Um, so yeah, I would say I'm super strong. At holding the booze. Holding yeah. the liquor. At hold, holding it up. I wish we could have a beer together. And I had I known you were gonna go double beer, I would have done the same thing actually. But I didn't even know about it. Well, you can run to your kitchen real quick right now and just grab yeah. I'm I'm like hey, I'm gonna work out after this. I've just been drinking coffee and I'm all jittery, you know, because I haven't really eaten anything yet today. I just woke up. Does coffee keep you up? Uh, no, it doesn't keep me up. But I just, it just, it makes. I drank. I, I haven't had any food, and I drank like three cups of coffee. So I've been like, my legs are shaking, and like I'm tapping, tap, tapping on this side of things. You know. You need, that's a so drug. I'll you need to stop out. doing that. I'll work out, then I'll shower, then I'll start drinking my beers, my double beers. <laughs> keep in mind, I'm three hours behind you too. So you know what I mean. You just gotta keep that. Oh God, that's right. I was like, how are you not up? It's fucking six thirty p.m. I'm like, oh, but. Yeah, that's still three thirty over there. Oh I woke up at eleven was, today, which is early. Well, this me, was this feeling. Was eleven is. Wait, I have to do math. Hold on, two. Two for you. Yeah, it's two thirty. Eleven has right? been pretty. Like you know, that used to be like ten or eleven is my standard morning wake up for me in the past. Mm-hmm. But due to coronavirus, I've been going to bed about you know about five or six typically, and waking oh. up you know around noon one, depending on what time I go to bed. Do you feel like you're sleeping less? I, no, I'm sleeping way more. I'm sleeping, I mean, I'm getting at least I'm getting seven hours of sleep every night. You know, and then I, I, especially at the beginning of coronavirus, I slept. I took a ton of naps at the, the beginning. Yeah, now yeah. I'm just I've kind of leveled out. I'm just doing about seven hours a night. But I used to I was averaging like three or four hours of sleep a night for the last yeah. several years. <laughs> so it's I've been sleeping way more, which is great. Just catching, catching up. up. Yeah. Well, I love that. So it's gonna be weird, whether that whether about um, drinking or any kind of or or musicianship or anything that you, that you feel like you're strong and talented at. You know, there are people listening right now that are relating to you in some way, and so I always ask each guest to leave like a little bit of advice for the listener that is relating to you. It feels like they can connect with you. What's something that makes a Bobby Crow the third as super strong? <laughs> uh, well. I, I I should say something inspirational that you can actually use in the podcast. Uh, you no no I, I've been too funny I've been too flippant in my answers. I need to be more serious. Uh, if there is something that you would like to do and no one else thinks you should do it, I would say go ahead and do it. You know, as long as you are spending your money 
and it's making you happy and you're it it gives you something to dedicate your time to that is healthy which could be interpreted in any sort of way I think you should go ahead and do it people told me very much why are you doing this orchestra why are you paying for it out of your own pocket why are you getting into more and more debt as you put on these recordings and these concerts and I was like you know what I kind of need this for me like I love the audiences I love the music but I'm kind of selfishly doing this for myself because I know no one else is going to help me they don't see my vision until it's realized so I'm happy if you if you want to jump on board but I'm going to keep doing it the way I would like to do it as much as possible because this is my project and it brings a smile to my own face and I'm glad that you can hop along for the ride but you're not my priority in the end um so yeah I think that would be the best advice so you know fuck all those other bitches and just do what you want yeah safely I love that within the law fuck all those other bitches and do what you want yeah that's a good pull quote except when it comes to like you know uh not wearing a mask in public and protesting the lockdown other than that you know fuck the bitches and do what you want <laughs> that's right man well hey so what where so now that we're wrapping up i want to i want to give you a chance to do some plugs you know where can people find bobby lee crow the third how can they follow on social media or youtube videos or albums or whatever like what what can people do oh well let's let's do the orchestra stuff um so the orchestra is called iconic with a q the soundtrack orchestra and uh we play video game anime and cartoon music and our social media and website is all the same uh it's iconic kestra which is icon i q u e s t r a and that's on everything except tumblr and pinterest because i don't care about those but you know twitter facebook youtube instagram iconic kestra or just search for iconic soundtrack orchestra and you'll find us yeah no that's awesome any any uh any youtube videos out there you said it's it's under that same thing yes yeah yeah. we're actually i just finished uh who are these people what are you looking at what's going on here you're looking in your house yeah i mean my i'm not really wearing any pants but uh, the window was open i mean i'm covered but still i was like are they looking at me yeah (laughs) is this my (laughs) i'm not really wearing any pants i like that but they can't see anything so it's fine so whatever uh we just on youtube we just finished a digimon uh video like quarantine video series and uh i'm trying to do more and more of these yeah yeah that's that's on there (laughs) i used to love that song that's awesome man i mean it's, it's such an it's such a pure american theme song because you know the the original Japanese is like, believe in yourself as you move forward in the sky, you'll spread your wings like a butterfly and move into the sun and shine brightly over the sky. You know, but we don't really have that in America. Whenever we write something, it's always, what is the name of the product? Hopefully it's three syllables. And we're going to write a song that uses those three syllables over and over again. I mean, Pokemon, Digimon, saving the world are the best thing. Buy, 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 purchase, 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 more and more and more. I'm trying to think if, if Funko Pop had like a theme song, be like Funko, Funko, put the fun in your co or something like that. It'd be like this repetitive thing in your head, like fun, fun, fun. You want to have fun? Get a Funko. Like there's just 
advertising America is just ridiculous and uh, but it sticks in your head I mean you still after 20 years you still remember that theme song so yep. it worked it's in my brain forever <laughs> it's still earworm for me <laughs> well I always take this last minute to uh, plug Chad Coleman who did the art for the show Chris Hackman who did the intro and outro music the Instagram for the show is Ryan is super strong the Twitter is at super strong Ryan you can email us at Ryan is super strong at gmail.com but most importantly if you are listening to the show and like what you're hearing, please go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating, and leave a review. When you do that, it helps us in the algorithm and helps the show grow all over the world so that more listeners can hear how badass my friends are like Bobby Lee Crow the Third here. I'm going to give us a 4.5 review. Don't do 4.5. <laughs> but Bobby, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Of course. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Finally, finally, I can show all these bitches how you're supposed to do a podcast interview. You can tell them I said that, too. I will. I will. Whoever, whoever they are. Whoever they are. All right. Man. Well, you know, the last thing I do on every episode is I talk to one listener or a group of listeners, and I try to get them to up their game in some way. And today's no different. And I will start right now. All right, guys, this week, I'm talking to the guy I mentioned at the top of the show, the freaking admin on the freaking Zoom account that locked downloading of episodes. <laughs> Shit, man. You know how hard you made my week this week? Or not my week, but, you know, several hours of my life today? <laughs> you made it really suck. You dick. Don't be a dick. I hate that when you're a dick. You know what I mean? I just It just drives me nuts when you do that. So, hey... Stop doing that. Give me my, give me her, give, give Lori her permission back so that I can use that account for free. <laughs> oh man, now who's the dick? I guess it's me. Da gosh darn it. I've never flipped it on myself during one of these at the end. But hey, don't go locking people out of things. We're all trying to get through this time as creatively as possible. And hey, me, stop, try just stop trying to do the free thing. I'll just buy the damn subscription or whatever. I'm going to go Zoom Pro now. Wahoo. Zoom Pro. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, hey, let's just talk to that admin again. You need to be better. Listen to the advice of someone like Bobby Lee Crow, then go back in the archive and listen to all the advice of my badass guests. If you do that, maybe one day, just maybe, you could be super strong, too. Just like Ryan. <laughs>